Welcome to the Merge Feast, the podcast where we satisfy your cravings for all things Survivor. We're your hosts, Sam and Mags, and this is a recap for season 45, episode 3. Mags, what'd you think of the episode? I seriously loved this episode. Nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. The showmances got us. <laughs> Docked one for showmance, but a whole bunch of other points for a fantastic episode. Yeah, no, I thought this was a great episode as well. I am excited to get right into it because there's so much in this 90-minute episode to get to. Let's do it. And uh, and lots of great moments that I'm excited to hear your thoughts on. It's not a previously on Survivor, but it is kind of a quick recap. Like The only reason I say it's not a previously on Survivor is because we don't get Jeff saying, previously on Survivor. <laughs> that was a good get, impression of him. <laughs> we just get kind of a recap of what happens, and that's basically Bruce is annoying, quick recap of the Bellow Alliances, and then kind of a strategic recap of everything that's going on behind the scenes. Right. Anything notable? When the episode started, I because it didn't say previously on Survivor, I thought that I was on last week's episode. <laughs> so I get that they are like penny-pinching seconds for mm-hmm. airtime. They like didn't want to waste a second of Jeff saying previously on Survivor, mm-hmm. but it came at a cost. I, and I'm sure a few others, were confused about what was happening. <laughs> we go straight from that and we go into the Lulu Beach. We've got Brandon has been voted out. He's gone, but his impact is really still here throughout the episode. I'm excited to point out <laughs> all the places where Brandon's spirit lives on. And uh, we have Emily groveling and thanking everyone for keeping her around. She is kind of lucky they didn't vote her out, but in a much more real sense... They would have been really dumb to vote her out and keep Absolutely. Her Emily asks um, Sabaya, did you vote? And Sabaya, like clear as day, she asks her. Yeah. And Sabaya says, uh, what do you mean? <laughs> <And> <laughs> the question couldn't be clearer. <laughs> um, I don't know. Did you vote? <laughs> I don't know how else to ask you this. <laughs> but I just think when somebody says, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. That's like a surefire sign they're lying to you. It's like they're trying to get some time to think of a lie in their head. And so they just like pretend they didn't hear you or something. But in this case, it didn't work. But I told you I knew that that Emily was going to clock the vote count. You did. You called that. I knew that she noticed. And of course, she is very suspicious. Caleb kind of points this out. She didn't need to call out Sabaya in front of everybody like that. There was a much more tactful way to do it. But this whole episode was a great redemption arc for Emily, for me, at least. I definitely agree with that. I found myself really liking her and rooting for her. I did see some interesting um, polls over the weekend. After last episode, which was not a great episode for Emily, the last two were not. This mm-hmm. one was. Mm-hmm. So completely disregarding this episode we've seen today out of a poll about who was the most likable character guess who the first was caleb and the second sabaya no the second was emily no way i was shocked by that yeah so anyways i imagine those people are thrilled she's on the likable train now she's got basically this this moment where she calls out sabaya but to me, it seemed like it was less calling out Sabaya and more of now because you guys didn't vote for me, I'm on your side. Right. And it seemed like a genuine question. Like, wait, did you not vote? That's what I was going to say. As 
as someone in my alliance, I'm concerned for you. How come you don't yes. have a vote? That's kind of the vibe that I got from Emily in this moment. And whenever you ask it in the way that Emily did, it's kind of just innocent. Like, I'm just confused. What happened? Did you vote? Instead right. of like a pointed, like, let me pull Sabaya aside. Like, hey, couldn't help but notice you didn't vote. Yeah, why did you lie to me? Yeah, yeah. Emily's got no bitterness in it. It's, it's just purely curiosity. I'm happy for Emily. She, uh, she kind of shifted away from the bitterness and she's really kind of taken on this great role as this kind of earnest player who's gone through some really ridiculous situation. And we're watching her change, which is kind of fun. Seriously. After that little interaction, we get the title sequence that we are loving. I wonder if it's going to change after every episode where they're going to start including more and more footage from the challenges and things so as to not spoil, you know, what's going to happen in the future. Right. Because I did notice they included some footage from last episode's challenge. So I wonder how, Ooh, interesting. how much they're going to do that going forward. But after the title se- sequence, we get to Bellow Beach. Bellow Beach. And we get the scene that they teased in this, you know, coming up on survivor from last episode where it looks like jake falls into the fire right everybody was worried on twitter about it he falls into the fire and is gonna need to get med evac'd but he doesn't actually fall into the fire he's blowing into the fire and then he falls next to the fire it's kind of framed out so you don't see where he falls but uh kendra astrology girl asks him are you okay and he says no what just happened Out of all the times on Survivor when people say, like, I blacked out, I don't remember, um, not to bag on Brandon anymore, <laughs> but he said that he, like, blacked out when he was trying to climb that ladder mm-hmm. and that he had, like, no recollection of climbing the ladder and, like, crawling to the boat. I don't really buy that. Mm-hmm. This one, I genuinely believe that he he looked like he had no <laughs> idea what <laughs> was happening. Was Turns out he was, like, he'd been leaning down, blowing on the embers. And probably inhaled too much smoke and then stood up. And, and you know, you're blowing. You kind of mm-hmm. get lightheaded like that. I think of like blowing balloons up. Have you ever passed out before? Uh, No. Well, I really related. So when I was 17, once in the shower, I was practicing holding my breath as 17-year-olds do. <laughs> and I passed out, took out the shower curtain, fell over the toilet, Oof. woke up on the floor <laughs> naked and wet. It was wild. <laughs> From this scene, we get... Kendra and Jake kind of coming together and connecting and forming a little bit of an, an alliance. Kendra has kind of a funny moment where she tells Jake, yeah, people only threw out your name at the beginning because you are a lawyer. That was her. And then she has a talking head where she says, I came clean to Jake and I told him that I threw his name out there. Uh-uh-uh. Yeah, no, you didn't. <laughs> I just watched that whole thing. Uh-huh. We see in this kind of this moment, the boys versus girls thing dissolving because we have now astrology girl with jake the lawyer and we have kelly and brando have their alliance so really and then we have bruce and katura who are still mortal enemies but the other two pairs are kind of dissolving and i wrote in my notes here the boys versus girl things never last no they don't last and honestly alliances without being tested hardly last two yeah. None of these alliances have been tested through a tribal council, and therefore they're still ever changing. They're all hypothetical, right? Just these theoretical relationships, right? It's true. From here, we go to the Reba Beach, Red Tribe, and Austin is 
looking for his idol. He still hasn't found it. He's got the clue about digging at the fallen palm tree X. And, you know, he's he's told Drew about it. Drew has this confessional where he's explaining the killer instinct that's needed to find this idol. And shortly after, Drew is caught red-handed digging <laughs> for the idol. So I don't know if it's a lack of killer instinct. <laughs> But there seems to be a disconnect from Drew's, you know, his explanation, his tutorial of what was needed that he was giving in his confessional and the way he actually did it. Drew's face when he gets caught is so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. Like his face perfectly portrays somebody who just says like me when yeah. they get caught on something. Yeah. But he doesn't say anything and supposedly just walks away. He looks like when you tell a toddler to stop picking their nose and they kind of like casually take their hand out. <laughs> like I wasn't like doing that anything. That never happened. Yeah, that's what Drew looks like in this moment. It's pretty funny that he just walks away. Oh my gosh. It makes it so much worse for himself. I, Dee is right on in this moment. She's Her spidey senses are tingling. She knows that something is up with Drew and Austin. They're lying to her and Julie. And it made me wonder. She, I mean, she's spot on. She's got to have, do you think, like her toe, it's a little sore, <laughs> kind of like old men in the weather. You know, uh-huh, their like joints their hip get, aches. Yeah, when it exactly. <laughs> That's D with her toe and lying. She can just, <laughs> she can just feel it. It's coming. This episode really made me like D. Yeah, she's getting a lot more screen time, and she's a good player. It's always crazy to me whenever people can sense that something in their alliance is off. Like. She can tell that something is going on between Drew and Austin, and it's so cool to me. Like, she's right on the money. Mm-hmm. Like, they were leaving her out of something, and to me, that makes a really good Survivor contestant. Yeah, I agree. And she seemed to be on to him before they even caught Drew digging. Exactly. From here, we go to the reward challenge. Were you psyched yes, to see a reward Yes, I was challenge? so excited. Me too. I was like, let's go. Let's go. I was really hoping to get more challenges out of the 90-minute episodes. So right. I'm happy to see that hopefully, at least for some episodes, we're going to get both reward and immunity challenges, hopefully more often than the last few seasons. You ready for a reward challenge breakdown? I got you. All so right. for this challenge, they are going to start in the ocean and race to the beach. And one at a time, they will throw a ball into an overhead track and try and catch it on the other end. Once all four players have achieved that, they will take those balls and shoot it into a basket that will release a series of targets. Then two players race and shoot three rings onto their targets. When I saw this challenge, my first thought, when I saw the the ball rolling down the ramp and going through the ropes, my first thought was, man, I wish Brandon were here to run this challenge. <laughs> I would have loved to I would have, have loved that. to have seen him on that challenge. Yeah. I did notice that Reba has Drew sit out because the challenge beast that he is, he has to carry their tribe through the immunity challenge. So he sits out. And we've seen this challenge before, particularly the ball rolling down the ramp, getting through the ropes. And there was someone, was it Carolyn, who just couldn't do it? Ooh, I forgot about that. That, I think maybe you're thinking Carolyn couldn't do the net. She couldn't do the net. Remember, she got into that net and you have to like Uh, spin around and she was just rolling the dirt. Although it could have also been this, but I just, I can't remember. Maybe it was Carolyn, actually. She was kind of known for not being super great in the challenge portion. 
I was curious to see if we'd have another person like that because it seems difficult, but not impossible. So I, I was expecting, you know, maybe one or two people to have trouble with it, but people kind of flew through it. Yeah. The challenge starts and they all, you know, some people have to go through two or three times, but everybody ends up finishing around the same time ish. And we get Lulu in a slight lead here. Mostly because Caleb, in the second phase of the challenge, makes the ball in the net first shot. Overhanded. Overhanded. I knew you were going to bring this up. <laughs> and here's my rationale. Okay. My whole underhanded, overhanded debate is based on coconuts. Okay. If it's a coconut, you throw it underhanded. All right. For those balls looked about the same size as a basketball. So if it were me, I probably would have done the same thing that Caleb did. Take at least one or two shots overhand. If that's not working, throw it underhand into the net. Interesting. Okay. When you're at the ropes course, that you're standing right underneath it. So you basically have to throw that one overhand to get it right. up there. But in the net, respect to Caleb. He makes it in his first shot. But did you notice the other two? They went under. They went underhand and got it in. Yep. So I'm going to pat myself on the back as a, a seasoned survivor strategist. <laughs> I could be a challenge coach. The reward <laughs> overall for this challenge that they're fighting for is fruit baskets. There's a large fruit basket for the winning first place tribe. And there's a smaller fruit basket for the second place tribe. And then the winning tribe, first place, gets to send one of their team members to another tribe's beach to raid the tribe and take one item. Can you call it a raid if you're taking one thing? I had the same thought. We get Lulu in the lead with their three hoops and uh, the other two tribes close behind. And Caleb, absolute beast in this challenge, leads he the way. He was incredible. Wins it for Lulu. Like, was he four for four at the end? Made the ball into the basket and then shot all three rings. Yeah, he might have been. Amazing. I didn't keep track, but it felt like that. And uh, man, the celebration. I was so happy for them. I know. Like me too. the happiness on the screen was like palpable. Yeah. You could just feel Emily. Just see Emily's reaction. Oh, I was she so happy. She just leapt into Caleb's arms. She was showman. <laughs> but yeah, it was a it was a great celebration. They're so happy to not be on the bottom. We get I think it was Reba. Red Tribe takes second place in this challenge and Bello ends up in third. That's right. And they don't get anything, no reward for them. After the challenge, Jeff asks and Caleb sure enough is the hero during the challenge and he elects to be the representative to go to another tribe's beach and raid and also kind of spend some time with the other tribe, get to know them, try and gather as much information as he can as well. While Jeff is talking to that tribe after they've just won, Caleb loops his arm over Sean in this really cute way. And he just loved to see them being buddies like that. They're like good friends, you could tell. No, they're definitely, you can feel just the camaraderie that's been built over just miserable, a miserable week. We're yep. at almost day seven and no, they haven't had fire. They haven't had any food and they are just stinking it up, stinking <laughs> it up, man. Being awful at stuff really brings people together. <laughs> we get a, a quick commercial break and we come back from the commercial break. We find out that Caleb has chosen to go to the Reba beach but before he goes to the reba beach he sees that not only does he get to take something he gets to give something as well do you have, are you able to explain this goodwill advantage that he gets no i am not <laughs> i was really hoping <laughs> okay well the advantage to my understanding is that 
it can regain a lost vote. That's right. So if somebody's lost their vote for whatever reason, if they have that advantage, they can use it to restore their lost vote. Exactly. Caleb has this advantage that he gets to gift to one of the members of the Reba tribe. Right. Who he's visiting. Right away. And Caleb is the man at this new tribe. Mm-hmm. Like, he is working them. Oh, yeah. And they are loving it. <laughs> That's right. He's just... We get a good montage of Caleb talking oh to everybody one on one. He says on um, one of them when he's talking to Dee, he says to her, "You have great eyes," <laughs> <laughs> and it made me think of that part in Elf when the news reporter is like oh, yeah. <laughs> interviewing all those people, and he's like, "You're a great news lady, Charlotte. You've got great eyes. That's what I love about you. Your eyes tell a story. Eyes <laughs> tell a story. You got a great mouth." But I saw Santa. <laughs> That was basically Caleb. He's like, hey, D, you've got great eyes. That's what I love about you. <laughs> now, I wrote in my notes, is he talking about like how her eyes look or how well she can see? <laughs> she, she's she got really sharp eyes. I love eyes. your perspective Maybe on what they had just edited out was she said, oh, my gosh, look at that crab and pointed to a spot like 50 <laughs> yards away. And he was like, wow, you got great eyes. We'll never know. It was so funny, but he was schmoozing them left and right. Yeah, he was he good. Was. Drew, a little too good, though. Drew can see right through Yeah. It. Drew, he says, this is so funny. He has this confessional where he says, Caleb's just this sales guy. He's going to come in here, think he's going to get whatever he wants because he's just, you know, super personable. And then, you know, just kind of gives off this air of, but not me. Right. I, I see right through him. Uh-huh. And then we get a shot of Caleb asking Drew, oh, did you get that advantage at that one journey? And Drew's like, yeah, yeah, I got it. <laughs> and Drew just spills his guts to him. <laughs> he just immediately opens up like he drank a truth potion. <laughs> just like, yeah. Like I, on Ant-Man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You took the truth serum. Yeah. yeah, no, I've got the advantage. It's knowledge without power. I know you didn't know, but yeah. I thought you now you know. That's the one. He explains every detail mm-hmm. of it, which was yeah. great for Caleb. Which And, of course, that's been Drew's strategy all along is just tell everybody everything. About I'm starting to advantage. think it's not a strategy at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but it keeps working out for him because... Then Caleb is like, oh, you're going to tell me the truth here. Taking advantage. Seriously. It gives him the the goodwill advantage. And it pays off. Drew is breaking the cardinal rule of Survivor, which is when you have an advantage or an idol, don't tell anyone. That's that's num- rule number one. Don't tell anyone. Yep. And he's just telling everybody and getting all these gifts and goodies back in return. Seriously. He, it starts with Austin telling him about his idol, and now he gets this goodwill advantage from Caleb. Man. It was, yeah, it's like for Drew's gameplay, he's kept no secrets. He's told everybody everything, mm-hmm. which I don't like and I don't think is a smart move. However, in this specific instance, I, I did think it was like pretty good of him to tell his alliance mm-hmm. that um caleb gave him that mm-hmm. because they were so sus of him for a minute that's right like he, they kind of he kind of needed to do that to rebuild and it wasn't like an advantage that was a target on his back like it wasn't a steal a vote it wasn't an idol right yeah no it was it was not that crazy of an advantage but you're exactly right he definitely needed to do something to rebuild that trust with d and julie because he got caught basically and react not only did he get caught which in and of itself is embarrassing the way he reacted was one of the most <laughs> embarrassing things i've ever seen 
<laughs> it really was. <laughs> so Seriously. Mad. So he he has to build some goodwill. Yep, that's yeah. right. That's why they call it that, I guess. Before Caleb gets back to his beach, you do see some conversation between um, Sabaya and Sean and Emily. And <laughs> Sabaya is eating a grape and she says, oh, I forgot what grapes tasted like. It's been six days. <laughs> <laughs> I go six days without eating a grape regularly. (laughs) It's been weeks since I've eaten a grape. (laughs) It made me think of this episode of Friends when Joey gets his head stuck between the door. And he's like, you guys, you got to help me. I can't feel my ears. And Chandler's like, when can you ever feel your ears? (laughs) It's a dire situation. You get dramatic. Okay. You get sentimental about the little things like the taste of grapes. We do get Caleb. He comes back. Um, to the Lulu Wait, Beach. But before he gets back, yeah. um, the three of them, they talk about getting him out. Yeah. Which I'm like, that's rich. Okay, yeah, let's talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> because I wrote in my notes, Sabaya is already thinking of getting Caleb out. And then in parentheses, what? <laughs> Why in the world? I know. The guy single-handedly won that challenge for you. Why in the world? Winning one challenge isn't enough for you. Like mm-hmm. you need to win more and you're not going to win more if you vote off the guy who won you your challenge. Mm-hmm. This whole idea of, oh, he's a big threat. We better get him out on day six. You haven't even gotten close to the merge yet. And you're already thinking about voting someone out because he's a physical threat. This is a faux pas, a huge survivor faux pas. Definitely. And also, it just is a real bummer because I thought Sabaya and Caleb could have been a really cool duo. Mm -hmm. And she just kind of ruined that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. This, This starts... This moment when she's suggesting to get Caleb out before he gets back starts this kind of spiral of decisions that Sabaya makes that I am having a hard time coming up with a rational explanation for. Right. Her wanting to get out Caleb is, you know, maybe stems to a rational thought of Caleb is a threat. But when you put in how long they've been out there, how long they have left, what their relationship is and what their roles are are respectively on the tribe that makes getting him out irrational right and she's just hurtling over all of those obstacles to get to her conclusion that he needs to be voted out today absolutely when you get a challenge beast you you stick with them you stick with them till the merge and then don't you worry when the merge happens everybody's gonna sick him Mm -hmm. he's gonna be a huge target a huge don't worry about it now yeah Shields have become this underrated part of post-merge survivor and the smart players take advantage of them and the players that don't make it to the end don't know how to use them. Yep. Yeah. I think uh, after Caleb gets back, he kind of shares um, his experience and and uh, seems like it's kumbaya. They're psyched. They're going to, they're pumping each other up. They're going to go win this next challenge, yep. the immunity challenge. Then we get over to the Bello Beach. We have the boys. <laughs> Out on a raft. Are you going to talk about what Jake says? Which part? Jake says when he's fishing how free he feels in the water. He says, there's nothing bigger than me in the sea. Yeah, nothing bigger than me out here. I'm the king. How can he say that? Dude, you just passed out from standing up too fast. Just chill. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think... I don't think anything in the ocean is that scared of you. Am I the only person that like the first time you step foot into the ocean, you immediately think like sharks, whales, oh my gosh. Like <laughs> this guy, this guy dives into the ocean. He thinks I'm the biggest thing like, here. I'm the biggest thing I have. Dude, you're not even the biggest human on your beach. Exactly. Just relax. 
Jake is bringing it this episode. It gives us some good moments. But they uh, they are swimming. They're, they've got this boys thing. And it seems like, to me, the, the boys together is more of a facade than anything. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of old school Survivor. It's been a long time, so it's kind of hard to remember. But, you know, they used to have a boat. Every tribe used to get a boat so they could go out and fish on it. Mm-hmm. And it just gave me those vibes that whenever people would go out on the boat and hardly ever would there be any strategizing on the boat it was always kind of just like relaxing girl time boy time flirting you know like Mm -hmm. not a whole lot really happened out there and this is what this kind of felt like like the guys just having fun yeah yeah, that's true looking out for the fish but we go over from there we go to the reba beach and uh we have austin and drew coming clean to d and julie tell them okay yeah we did find this you know beware advantage and we were kind of hiding it from you but we were gonna tell you it was just it's been so soon we just found out about it last night which was a lie but they pulled d and and to d and julie's credit they forgive and forget essentially they know that they're they've been shady and whatever but they say okay we'll help you look for this idol together to kind of try and solidify their group of four right and i get the feeling that d forgave but she didn't forget mm-hmm. in a good way that's true that's a good point they come up with this plan to i mean there's four of them and two other people on the tribe and so they send one of the four to go babysit the other two, Jay and Sifu. And then the other three go and dig at this palm tree spot. Right. They were digging like it was Camp Green Lake. <laughs> they were did you, they were like covering a wide span. He's like the, the warden out there. She's like, we've already covered this area. Now we need to move over here. Come on. We got to dig You're thirsty. Here. You're thirsty, Stanley. <laughs> That's right. That was, and Julia was out there. I'm tired of digging holes, Grandpa. And he said, "That's too damn bad." The clue wasn't very specific. No, they were just, digging. They're digging. Left they're and covering right. a wide yeah. area. But finally, after they dig for quite a while, it would appear D and Julie are there. The two of them, which I'll get into this in a second, but they find a rope that's dug underground. Right. And Julie starts pulling it up and pulling it up and they're following this rope. The rope is attached to a hammer and they pull up the hammer and on the handle of the hammer, it says, break a rock near the water well. And they're so excited. They're getting pumped. They're getting psyched. And who walks up the path but Jay, one of the two people on their six person tribe that shouldn't (laughs) be there. You're telling me that the person who was babysitting couldn't get a hold on two people. I know. They let one slip. The other two guys are double teaming Sifu Uh and they're just letting Jay wander (laughs) around. She just walks up on him and, and, uh, you know, they try and be, you know, fly under the radar and pretend like they're looking for stuff for their fire. And they did Julie, good. it seems like it. Yeah, Jay doesn't seem suspicious at all. And Julie runs the hammer over to Austin. I was bummed when she ran it over to Austin because too. there was a moment when I thought, yes, finally, I've always wanted somebody to do this. Like, yes, you find the clue and they're not there to see it. Great. You keep it. That's for you. You 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 pretend to keep looking, and then when it's night, when it's later, nobody else is there. You go back. You go get it for yourself. Yep, absolutely. That's what I was hoping was going to happen too. And I think it might have happened if Jay hadn't walked up and caused panic. Right. I think as soon as Jay caused that panic, Julie went into survival mode and just thought, get this hammer out of my hands. I agree. Didn't want any suspicion. Austin and Drew go 
to the water well. And uh, who knows where Sifu is? Because apparently Austin and Drew weren't babysitting him. So <laughs> this whole babysitting plan was a horrible mistake. The worst babysitters I've ever seen. I wouldn't trust them with my kids. They they go to the water well to to break these rocks open. And they find a little scroll with the hidden immunity idol inside. I love how dinky these immunity idols are getting. Yeah. It was literally a piece of string tied to four beads. Yeah. That was it. They used to be real flashy, big, you know, metal necklaces, bracelets. Like they were like gaudy things. Mm -hmm. But now they like to play into the, this could be fake. This could not be fake. And I really like that. Yeah. Like that could have been made so easily. Definitely. It's a little bit of a bummer for the players who get sent home with idols in their pockets because they don't get anything cool. They just get a couple of beads yeah, <laughs> and a lifetime of humiliation. Exactly. But hey, it's, it's better for the game, I suppose. They find the idol and they're uh, excited about it, but there is a twist yet again. For everyone listening, I hope you have your notebooks out because this was one of the most complicated episodes of Survivor ever with all every advantage, every idol had rules and step, stipulations. Yeah, it was. it's tough to follow. It really, yeah. I'm not crazy about it, but go ahead, explain what this idol is. Okay, so this idol is good for one tribal council unless the holder of the idol sacrifices their vote at the next tribal council that they attend. If they do that, then that idol then has power until the merge. If they sacrifice a second vote at the next tribal council, that idol then has power until final five. So it becomes a traditional full-powered secret hidden immunity idol if the person who discovered it and holds it sacrifices their vote two times that kind of sums it up yeah anything to add to that no except for that i hate it okay <laughs> i don't know i it, guess i shouldn't say i hate yeah, it but in this episode it leads to some great moments it does i just I, a big part of me just misses the simplicity of it mm. um it makes it really hard for newcomers to come in and watch it Mm -hmm. uh, shout out to my mom I wanted my mom to watch it but when I watch episodes like this I'm just thinking man could she follow this could a newcomer follow this when I watched my very first episode in 2020 with you they explained it zero and thank goodness I had you because I was like what's an idol mm -hmm. they don't explain what an idol is at all and I had to ask you that like they don't have any sort of explanation a lot of game shows, um, reality TV shows, will explain the premise really quick and easy at the beginning. Survivor doesn't do that. And so it's almost like it's hard to jump in if you haven't watched since the beginning. Yeah. It's stuff like this that makes it that way. Yeah, that's true. It is. This would be a tough jumping in point, but uh, your mom's got to do it. <laughs> When they bring the idol back to the beach, um, Drew just keeps saying, like, this is our idol and it's shared. And everybody else is really excited and saying the same thing. Like, we have the idol. I'm so excited. And I just roll my eyes anytime anybody says we have the idol or it's shared. It's not. It's not. It's Austin's. And it just, people think that it bonds them together. And in my, it just, it doesn't. And it's hardly ever been that way where somebody's like, oh, I'm going to get voted off. Well, let me just go over to Austin and ask him for the idol that we found together. Uh-uh. He's not giving that up for you like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's only going to play that idol for you if it benefits him. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. From there, we get a commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to get the immunity challenge and a challenge breakdown. Um, but let's take a break as well. And Let's do it. Uh, we'll come back to the recap. 
All right, guys, allow me to introduce you to Jancy & Co., your one-stop shop for all things macrame, weavings, and embroideries. Whether you're a seasoned home decorator or just someone who appreciates the art of handcrafted decor, Jancy Ann on jancyann.com or Etsy has something super special waiting for you. I've been looking at that keychain that you have that Jancy & Co. made, and it looks like quality stuff. It's handmade. It's super high quality. I have had it on there for such a long time. And I mean, look at it. It looks brand new. Well, that's perfect. If you like quality items, then go to jancyann.com or jancyannco on Etsy. That's J-A-N-C-Y-A-N-N-C-O. And we're back and we get the immunity challenge. Mags, let's get a breakdown for the immunity challenge. All right. So teams will race out with a cart and release two keys. And those keys release super heavy puzzle pieces, which they have to load into their carts. Then they will take their carts apart, push it through a barricade, and reassemble it on the other side. Once they reach the end, one person will be a caller and the rest of the tribe will listen and solve the puzzle. Immunity is what's at stake. The losing tribe goes to the tribal council and votes off one of their members. The other two tribes get to go home safe. And Jeff reminds them that the losing tribe doesn't get their flint. And Jeff says, Lulu, you still don't have flint. You have no fire. And I thought they won that huge fruit basket and didn't even get the flint. I thought for sure once they'd won that reward challenge they got a flint oh nope not for them oh my gosh i know that was crazy to me those poor those poor people on the lulu tribe who got stuck with brandon and hannah (laughs) rip hannah i forgot about her that's right good it's better to forget about her jake's got some jokes in this episode he has kind of the the dad joke about you know, what kind of, what bank do fish. fish go to? And, you know, a loan shark. Huh, that's odd on the raft. But when he's giving the immunity idol back to Jeff before the challenge, he says, yes, we'd like to exchange this one for the big one. Uh, try it in the accent. We'd l- like to exchange this one for the big one. I guess it's not a very accent-y <laughs> phrase. <laughs> But he gives it back and he almost like winks at the camera. He like kind of has this moment. And I thought he has been thinking that for a long time. Yeah. He was pumped to say that. Yes. And what a great way to get your joke into the episode because they never edit out the part when you hand uh-huh. the idol back to Jeff. So true. He's it's like, this best, will get me screen this time. Is the <laughs> best way to guarantee your joke will be on the air is you say it right as you're giving the idol to Jeff. And track this now as you're watching. Jeff doesn't like it when people say stuff like that. Yeah, he's he, so sick of it. Yeah, he's so <laughs> tired of it. Everybody else is laying on the bamboo at night, can't sleep because they're thinking about their strategy and who's going to vote out who. Jake is thinking about, what can I say to Jeff in my three seconds of FaceTime I'm going to get with him tomorrow? <laughs> What can I say that's going to... And how can I convince my tribe to let me be the one to hand it to him? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I got something to say that's really going to get the people going. (laughs) That's what he's thinking. We do get to the challenge, and the challenge begins just right off the bat. Big, heavy carts, people running through. I have a hard time watching these kinds of challenges because one of my... It's not a pet peeve, but it's hard for me to watch people like run into things and bang their shins and stuff on stuff. And this is just one of those challenges. Right. So as I watched, I thought, I hope everyone's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want anybody getting hurt. (laughs) 
Watch your fingers. <laughs> That's all You're I not the think. only person who cares about the fingers. Bruce was yelling that. Like, Bruce, just be quiet. <laughs> the, everybody knows to look out for their fingers. <laughs> I don't want to be the dad of the group. I'm fun Uncle Bruce, who just happens to care about people's fingers. <laughs> just watch them. They, everybody's pretty much on the same wavelength, wavelength or... at the same pace exactly. as they dissemble the cart and put it through the wall and reassemble it and get to the puzzle portion. And this is where things take a turn for the worst. Yep. Lulu can never pull through on the puzzles. If only they hadn't voted out Brandon, <laughs> the puzzle master. He wanted, he wanted a third chance at a puzzle. He, this, could, this probably was the one he could have done. I guarantee you. Brandon was at home at his watch party, watching with his family, saying, this is karma. <laughs> I could have solved that puzzle. They shouldn't have voted me out. Let me tell you, Emily is the caller. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she volunteered to be the caller or if they told her to be that person. But for a caller, she called nothing. She didn't do anything. She just stood there. She did nothing. It, it showed her so many times just saying nothing except for once at the very end was like don't give up you can do it it's like no they can't you're not telling them any information she was one of the worst callers in survivor history seriously she didn't say anything it's fitting because this is one of the worst tribes in survivor history yeah tragically it was a bad look the other two tribes finished this looked like a difficult puzzle there's a large three-dimensional cube puzzle with huge pieces that looked really heavy they had to lift and stack and right and put together and uh yeah the other two tribes finish it lulu's not even close the music was sad did you notice yeah, it was really sad it was playing sad music and all i could think of as I watched the Bellow tribe jumping around and screaming and yelling and celebrating their second place was show some respect. <laughs> this tribe is dying. They're almost dead all the way. Okay. They're almost <laughs> fully gone. They're celebrating on Lulu's deathbed. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's one of the saddest things <laughs> I've ever seen. They're feeling super down about it you can tell like it's almost like they have no words they just are so upset like emily says she's going through all the stages of grief yeah she's like at, grief she's at anger people go through the stages of grief when somebody they love dies mm-hmm. that's the level she's at yeah exactly yeah no she she picked up on the uh, celebrating as well she was a little bugged and bothered by that but we go back to lulu's beach before tribal council and uh man this was a frustrating pre-tribal council as a viewer and a fan of sabaya oh my gosh i loved this i mean it was hard as a fan of sabaya Mm -hmm. but finally we had like a real pre-tribal council scramble type conversation i was so happy about it that's true it was it was fun to watch in that sense yeah but as someone who likes Sabaya and wants Sabaya to go further in the game, she was making these inexplicable decisions. Seriously. Just, I could not figure out her motivation behind them other than fear. It was. It was just fear of Caleb. Mm-hmm. She imagined her and Caleb going all the way to the end and her losing to Caleb. And then she panicked and thought, I got to get him out now. I wrote one of her quotes. She says to Emily, this might be our only chance to get him out. My jaw... <laughs> dropped to the floor (laughs) he just might very well win individual immunity the whole way there (laughs) and tribal immunities it's like you'll be here next you'll be here tomorrow what do you mean you're not winning anything else (laughs) this is unbelievable i couldn't believe that she said that and just or that she was thinking that what do you mean this is the only chance to get him out (laughs) i did not catch that that is hilarious it's crazy (laughs) 
Emily also says um, nobody expects their survivor journey to go this way. Mm. And usually I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah. But whenever she said this, it did kind of show some B-roll and it, they showed Sean. And I totally forgot that um, I have a super stretch connection with Sean. My best friend's sister knows Sean. They're like friends in real life. Mm. And so I guess it just kind of like really humanized him to mm. me because kind of it's just easy to just be like these are just strangers on the tv mm-hmm. you know but like for a minute when i'm like oh that's just like somebody's friend and probably quit his job did all these things to get there like that would be such a bummer you watch this your whole life and this is like the survivor experience you get you are like part of like the infamous teams that just stink it up and can't <laughs> yeah. win one like that really would bad. be such a bummer but the good news for these tribes that are so so bad is that the members who survive the two or three that are left after the massacre they are in the best spot either post merge or wherever it may be post it depends on you know if the tribes split and get reordered kind of depends on where they land but if they can make it to the merge they are the perfect middlemen nobody's looking to vote them out because each of the two strong tribes that didn't have to vote anybody out are looking to pick each other off absolutely and they're trying to pull you to their side yeah so once you can make the merge you become a valuable asset so it's really hard for players like sean and these you know who get kind of stuck on these crappy teams sabaya and caleb and emily really but the whoever can survive from that group will be in a great spot moving forward in the game you just have to make it through this gauntlet the tribes that have these kind of sad stories where they get voted down they lose and they lose and they lose and they end up with three people left. The times that I can think of that, those produce the winner. So often Russell Hans Mick, I think was his name. And of course, I can't remember the girl's name. And the girl is the person who wins. Natalie. Natalie sounds right. Yeah. And then we get it again with Malcolm and Diane. Diane's the one who wins. She's a therapist with the short hair. Diana, maybe. But they got voted all the way down to a tribe of two. <laughs> and she was Denise. the winner. Denise, Denise, Malcolm and Denise. Although a sad survivor journey, it can be the journey that produces a winner. Oh yeah, makes you the big bucks. We have these kind of this roller coaster before tribal where you see Sabaya and Sean and and Emily deciding to vote out Caleb. And you have this moment of, oh no, is Caleb going to go home? He shouldn't be going home right now. Right. He needs to make it. Right. Right. And then you see Emily go and warn Caleb and say, hey, listen, they are actually going to vote you out. So this was a predicament. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know how to explain this, but Sabaya says to Caleb, I'm going to tell Emily that we're voting you off. And then sure enough, that whole thing happens. But then Emily runs to Caleb and is like, Sabaya's voting you off. But then Caleb's like, yeah, I know. Like, that was the plan. But like, she really is. Like, I don't even know how to explain it, but like, it was a tough predicament. I thought... Emily did a great job of portraying, like, no, I'm serious. She did. She said, this isn't Emily's trying to save herself right now. This is Emily trying to save you. Mm-hmm. And that was a great quote from her. Uh-huh. I think that's what kind of helped him flip the switch a bit. I'm voting Sabaya. If you vote me, they're going to vote you off. So if you want to survive, write down Sabaya. Right. And I thought it was, yeah, she really portrayed it. But then we get the confessional of Caleb saying, yeah, I don't think they would do that to me, though. Oh, stressing. I so was, was stressing this with roller that. coaster of, yeah, it's going to be Caleb. No, he's been warned. No, he's not listening to the warnings. And you're just, you're spinning around. Right. And I thought, I thought going into 
into tribal council, my prediction, I always write my prediction for who's going to go get voted off before tribal. Oh, interesting. I thought Caleb was going home. Did you notice that uh, Sabaya definitely took our advice from our last podcast and she said that she was going to bring her idol with her and melt it? Oh, yeah. I gave a (laughs) fist pump when I was watching. I was so excited for this. She just brings it in and plops it down in the fire in tribal. I was really concerned that it was just going to be the idol in there (laughs) and that it was just going to (laughs) burn. I hoped so bad that the idol was just going to burn. Seriously, I kind of thought if you're on her tribe, just get her talking. Uh-huh. Get her talking, get her ranting yeah, on something. Uh-huh. I, I thought it was great. She brought her sticks to pull it out of the fire. You know, desperate times can call for desperate measures. I wrote down whenever she plopped it in there, I was like, well, great. How is she going to get that out? And then she was <laughs> like, I brought my bag of tools. And I was like, okay, backspace, backspace. <laughs> she came prepared. They don't have oven mitts on the beach. <laughs> yeah, we have a kind of pretty standard tribal in terms of the questions that they answer. Everybody's kind of bluffing in terms of everybody's showing that they're going to be voting right and emily is bluffing that she knows it's her so it's this kind of this weird bluffing going on but no information is really revealed yep. during tribal and it's really hard to follow the conversation because <laughs> sabaya keeps standing up to uh-huh. check on her idol in the fire <laughs> like and an you can tell her head and her heart isn't really in the conversation like she's just really trying to keep up with that so mm-hmm. yeah it kind of made for a pretty lame tribal council if she was at like a barbecue with my dad. He would be bothered at how often she was checking the idol. He would just be like, just leave it there. It's going to be fine. Every time you open that lid, it lets all the heat out. If she gets the, the idol out, it's, you know, it's in a, kind of this fireproof case for the scroll. And she, she takes it out. She doesn't read the note yet. So she's, And you could tell Jeff was kind of probing. That's why they call him Jeff Probst. <laughs> But he cut was. Can you cut? cut <laughs> no, I'm leaving it. <laughs> He's like, so you got your idol. Like he kind of says it a few times because Jeff knows what we know is that that's not a regular idol that it's going to expire tonight unless mm-hmm. she does her fancy maneuvering, which we'll talk about later. Because she didn't want anybody reading that thing over her shoulder. Right. So we get to the vote. Everybody goes when it's Sabaya's turn. She opens up the scroll reads the same conditions on this idol that apply to Austin's idol on the right. other tribe. So if she gives up her vote tonight, it becomes more powerful. Otherwise, she has to play it tonight. Kind of this dilemma. Does she give up her vote or does she play it on herself, ensure her safety, and then she gets to vote? She says out loud, well, I know Sean and Emily are voting for Caleb. So quick mental math. That's two. Caleb can vote for whoever he wants because it's two on one. I don't need my vote. She got greedy. She got greedy. So it all comes down to, did Caleb pick up on what was going on? Did he feel that the other two had betrayed him? And is he going to switch his vote to Sabaya? Or is he going to trust them and keep his vote on Emily? Right. The good news for Caleb is because Emily has already kind of decided she's going to vote for Sabaya, even if he had voted for Emily, it would have been a 1-1-1 tie. Right. Which would have been complete chaos. Right. It would have. He had he votes for Emily, Emily votes for Sabaya, and Sean is the only other one with a vote, and he would have voted for Caleb. Right. And then we probably have a re-vote. Emily and Caleb vote for Sean. 
Emily and Caleb actually had a conversation that I've always thought um, right before they left for tribal council. She said, if we have to revote right off the bat, we're just going to say we're firm on our vote. You need to come our way. That's what you have to do when there's a revote. You have to just be the first person to say, I'm not switching. So it's either you come my way or we're going to rocks. And I think that's the smartest way to get what you want. So they had that plan. So I think even if that did go that way, I think Caleb and Emily still could have pulled through. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think I liked what happened even better, though. I loved it. This is good TV. Jeff reads the votes. One vote, Sabaya. That's Emily's vote. One vote, Caleb. That's Sean's vote. And it all comes down. He says, one vote left. And it all comes down to Caleb's vote. Caleb sniffed it out and he voted for Sabaya. I screamed at my tv i was so excited <laughs> it was i was i was pumped because as sad as it was to see sabaya go home it was good to see a rational play win out it was yep caleb acts in self-defense defends himself gets rid of sabaya i'm all for a blind side yep she goes home with the idol in her pocket which is now more powerful <laughs> Because she sacrificed her vote. So fun to see some fireworks at Tribal Council this season. Yeah, finally. Three episodes in, we get a great tribal and uh, some great voting dynamics, even amongst just the four people who were there. When Jeff reads the votes, you get a shot of Sean. And he is instantly sick to his stomach. You can see it. The emotions as as Sabaya is getting her torch snuffed and watching. You can tell they all care for each other you can tell that's what i'm telling you this tribe is close and that was heartbreaking for all of them to send sabaya home you know just goes to show you you can't you gotta be smart with who you're attacking and targeting and when and caleb was not the right play no he wasn't it uh it mean in my opinion worked out the way it should have honestly i'm disappointed in sean for going along with that too yeah. Like, I, I wish she would have recognized this is a bad idea. We need Caleb and gone to Caleb. Mm. We did get a great shot of Caleb, though, walking out, you know, whenever they pick up their um, torches and they walk out. Normally, they all are just kind of like straight face, but he sticks his tongue out like he's so happy. He's like, wah! <laughs> That's funny. It just made me so Caleb, pumped Caleb for him. Caleb is so likable. I he put, is. I put in my notes, too likable? Question he mark. is. And that's what the other tribe was saying when he went to that camp raid. They were like, mm-hmm. he seems to be playing a really good game, but in a way that it's like, shouldn't he know that he's playing too good of a game? Yeah. Like, he's too social. It's a huge target. Poor Sean is now on the bottom of the totem pole. We do get scenes from the next episode where we see there's going to be a tribe rearranging which is really good because now i like all three people on lulu i don't mm-hmm. want to see any of them go home yeah. so i'll be glad to see them dispersed yeah so they're gonna move around couldn't have happened sooner for really for sean right because now sean's on the bottom between emily and caleb yep so good for him he'll get to move somewhere else still be tough for them because they'll be on the minority of whatever tribe they're on for sure It'll be fun to see how that plays out with them. We finally have some voting stats to go over. Well, we do have some stats. They are lame. So the votes as they stand in this game, Caleb has one vote on him, and that's it. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe we're on the third episode and there's only one person who has a vote on them. A vote. Just the seed of revenge has been planted. There we go. And these are how these seeds are planted. They're people putting votes on other people and then both of them staying in the game. Uh-huh. So this is 
is the whisper of, What's a, to come? of a seed. Yeah, exactly. Revenge is coming. Let's get to our best and worst move. Yeah, I'll go first with worst move. So I would say that it was Sabaya getting cocky. Mm. You see that time and time again in Survivor that cockiness is a killer. I, I agree. I think that obviously it led to her getting voted out. I think best move is going to be Emily. I'm going to give it to Emily because she was able to build. She went from one of the most annoying people on the beach, you know, attacking Bruce day one and just in an upsetting manner. Seriously. And now she's building meaningful relationships and alliances that, you know, with one of the most likable players in the game, right? With Caleb. And that was a strong enough alliance that she changed his vote. Yep. To protect him. And she flipped. If she had gone and voted Caleb out, she would have been on the bottom of the three of Sabaya, Sean, and her. Yep. Now she's flipped it where she's in the top two with Caleb and Sean's on the bottom. That was really smart of her. You're right. She made a great, great move, move there. Yeah. It may be, hopefully she can learn, you know, as she's going to be on a new tribe next episode, she's learned kind of the principles of how she needs to talk to people and how she can build those friendships and relationships to keep those alliances up with her new tribe mates but Absolutely. we'll see but yeah great great job by emily in this episode all right let's get to our mailbag our mailbag question from last week was what are your thoughts on brandon what a polarizing question this was i'm excited to see what we got we got a lot of great responses let's just get right into them shall we we also have some some more general responses which are great okay but we have, um, we'll start off here. What do I think about Brandon? He's just a lovable guy, but in no way could I ever trust him with my physical well-being. <laughs> Maybe my emotional one. He needed to go. Thank you, Lauren from Utah. <laughs> I'm team Brandon all the way. This guy leads with 100% heart, 0% skill, and it's a 50-50 on the percentage of concentrated power of will. Brandon, as a person, is pure gold, and as a player of the game, is pure entertainment. <laughs> I say bring him back any season. Hashtag Team Brandon. Thank you, Quinn from California. Okay, I agree with that. That's what we've been saying, like separating Brandon the person from Brandon the player. Okay, don't hate me, but I don't really like Brandon all that much. He is too soft for this game and far too soft for the challenges. I am with you guys. He might be better suited for The Bachelor than this game. LMAO. Thank you, <laughs> Lena from Florida. <laughs> I I don't know about better suited for The Bachelor. Brandon, bless his heart. I don't think anyone has ever given me more secondhand embarrassment. I almost feel bad for him. But then I remember he did this to himself. <laughs> The dude is full of empty promises and cannot do a single challenge even remotely well and still tries a tribal to hang on to his I'm good at puzzles pitch. And then to top it all off, his strategy sucks. <laughs> He's too scared to get an advantage with a definite reward without any sort of challenge for fear of losing a vote. Yet he decides to take a chance at a three-minute impossible puzzle challenge that he knows in his heart he's not good at and still <laughs> loses a vote. I'm sorry, but it's a no from me, dog. Thank you, Maddie from Houston. That was an evisceration. I loved that one. That was. That was the words right out of my mouth. I hate when people say they should stay in the game because they love Survivor. Everyone is there because they love Survivor. 
by saying you should stay because you love the game so much and it's your dream is just you trying to say that you care more about Survivor. When if you really cared about winning Survivor, maybe you would practice jigsaw puzzles or go to a gym. Brandon, for me, is like one of the bench players in the NBA that never make it in the game until the team is up by 40 and then they can never stay for very long because they can't hang. Thank you, Micah from Belgium. I must agree with Sam here. I like Brandon. Yes, he wasn't great at challenges, and that was painfully evident, but he was extremely passionate about the game, would have done anything to stay, unlike the first girl who just gave up and left. Brandon would have never disrespected the game like that. (laughs) And for me, a lot of it is just about how much they love the game. Maybe on a different tribe he would have done better. Who knows? But I would totally love to see a Brandon redemption on another season. Thank you, McCall from Bluffdale. We need to get McCall and Micah in a room together. <laughs> That's right. You can hash it out about the love of the game and how important that is. That was a great mailbag. That was a great mailbag. Thanks, you guys, for writing it. Appreciate all the mailbaggers. What's, uh, what's our question of the week this week? Okay, so I want to know, do you guys like the different advantages um, this season or just um, in the new era of Survivor? Or do you prefer it to just be a plain old idol? Gotcha. New era advantages versus plain old idol. Which do you prefer and why? That's our mailbag question. This is another polarizing topic. I think uh, hopefully we'll get some good responses from our, our listeners, our mailbaggers, as we call them, <laughs> our, our mailbaggies. What do, we, what do we call them? I like mailbaggers. Mailbaggers. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, looking forward, if you have a response or any <laughs> general thoughts about the show, uh, reach out to us, of course, at our email, which is themergefeastpod at gmail.com. Of course, you can also follow us and message us at any of our social accounts. We are at the Merge Feast Pod on Instagram and at the Merge Feast Pod on TikTok. Or you can reach out to us at Twitter at the Merge Feast. Go ahead and uh, give us a follow. Send us a message. Looking forward to reading through our mailbag next week. And if it isn't too much to ask, a simple five-star review would really do the trick for us. That's right. Give us a five-star review because both of us didn't get a lot of praise growing up, and we crave it now as adults. <laughs> so I'm excited for next week's episode. It's going to be hard to follow this one up. I know. This was such a good one. It seems like it's just getting better and better, though, so I think we're on a good trajectory. I'm glad they found that rope, though. Otherwise, they'd still be out there digging holes, looking for a tube of <laughs> lipstick, eating sploosh. Take it all, 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 dig it. Dig it all, all.